Hello, everybody, and welcome to Paranormal Analytical. I'm your host, Eddie Hill, along with my other host, Rick Warren. And we've got a pretty cool show for you tonight. You know, we've been dealing with so much stress and stuff here lately that we decided that, you know, we wanted to do something fun. Because, as you know, we do, we do a, another couple of other shows and stuff, and we were just beat. I mean, there's just so much stuff happening. It just, our heads are spinning. So yep. we're going to get our mind off all that other stuff, and we're going to talk aliens, UFOs, and how many have been seen in this 2020 year, which has uh, been actually quite a bit. Rick, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Eddie. How's the, how's the weather down your way in big old Texas? Oh, my God, it's hot. You know, today I was outside... And uh, I was working on uh, putting up a fence, and as you know, you know when you hook, do a gate for a corral, you know it's mm-hmm. uh, you know using telephone poles. You know those suckers are freaking heavy. <laughs> I gotta tell you, telephone <laughs> pole is heavy. You know. Yeah. Oh my god, it's been just freaking nutso. Hey, uh, Gordon's on the in the chat room. Gordon, you want me to throw you a link? You hardly ever show up over here, but I figured while you're here, you might want to jump on. And we'll wait for his answer on that one. But anyway, Rick, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about UFO sightings and how many there have been. And uh, it, it, it to me, it was pretty interesting how uh, how many have actually been sighted in 2020. And uh, let me see here. Add War of the Worlds to everything else 2020 is throwing at New York. Okay, this is going to be in New York, people. Skygazers have reported a huge increase in unidentified flying objects seen in the state. Already 184 unexplained flying crafts or lights seen in the state have been logged with the National UFO Reporting Center. And in uh, almost all of 2019, only 151 were reported. So uh, it's jumped up from a, uh, from 151 last year in 2019 to 184 for 2020. And 2020 is really not over yet. And uh, No, it isn't. You know, I've got to say, you know, with all the stuff that's been thrown at us in 2020, it's not that difficult to figure out that they're curious as, you know, what are these fools doing? What's going on with all this stuff? <laughs> uh, you know, so you know they're 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 checking it out, trying to figure out what's happening. The sightings include bright lights, strange sounds, and oddly shaped objects. A person in Staten Island gave a terrifying description of a burning sensation following a sighting, and that's when I felt this heat, like feeling going through my body. They reported, so maybe some sort of microwave. You know, maybe you know frying them up a little bit, maybe wanting to see what they smell like or taste like cooked, you know, <laughs> who knows, but, uh, who knows? They said it was starting in my head, like some sort of radiation burning me, like f- frying me. And that's when I realized it was the craft. Others were less disturbing. We were on a rooftop viewing the, uh, yeah, I don't know what that word is. Anyway, when the glowing green UFO passed directly overhead at low altitude, followed but by what appeared and sounded like military aircraft, said one. 
The green lights were revolving in a figure eight as the craft moved quickly from east to west toward Manhattan. The military aircraft that appeared to follow it was very loud, so you know they were getting after it. Uh, nationwide, there have been thousands of witness accounts of UFO submitted to the center. UFO uh, hunting has been a popular pursuit in the United States since the mid-20th century when Kenneth Arnold, a businessman piloting a small plane, filed the first well-known report in 1947 of a UFO over Mount Rainier. Now, remember, this is where they've got the terminology flying saucer because he yes. described it as saucer-shaped craft. Right, Rick? Is that the way it went? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Arnold claimed he saw nine high-speed crescent-shaped objects zooming along at several thousand miles per hour like saucers skipping on the water. So there you go. There's the flying saucer. Uh, although the objects Arnold claimed to see were saucer-shaped, or weren't saucer-shaped at all, uh, his analogy led to the popularization of the term flying saucers. And since then, Americans have been more or less obsessed with the idea that alien life is among us. What do you think, Rick? You think aliens are among us? I think there is a reasonable conclusion that as of what has transpired in our United States government military, there are UFOs in the sky. This has been uh, something that is that has uh, transpired within the last two to three months. We have military uh, dignitaries. We have military men. We have police officers. We have everybody. And, the, and I'm not talking about just people like me and you, Eddie. These people have credentials out the wazoo. Right. And they're talking about what they're seeing, what has transpired, and everything else like that. We have... Uh, investigations going into uh, flights, Japan Airlines, Alaska, uh, all kinds of airlines that sat there. And these pilots, Eddie, they didn't want to talk about this because if they talk about this at a given time back then, their careers were, were shit-canned. I mean, literally, because they were thought to be have a mental problem. And that's scary when you're a pilot and you see these kind of things. Well, now through the military and through our aviators and people in the Navy, the Marines and everything else like that. We have men that are coming forward out of these new jets that can't even keep up with these things. Right. As a matter of fact, not long ago, the U S Navy had two F 18 super Hornets that were, uh, trying to chase down one. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was an impossible task. They weren't going to get anywhere near this thing. Of course, unless it wanted them to, and uh, exactly. so, yeah, I mean, these things are, it, I mean, our technology is nowhere near what these guys have. And uh, no, and it's and it's and it really it really it really gets gets to your mind when you think about we are being watched and we've been watched and we're and we're going to continue to be watched. Um, there's a um, theory going on, Eddie, that through the theological minds of the religious world seem to think that these UFOs are angels of light. Have you heard that? No. Uh, speak up. Continue with it. Okay. <laughs> I was studying this and everything, and there was a uh, pastor and um, some of the other evangelicals that were using the Bible um, as a source of um, 
knowledge into what these were actually were. And they're saying that these are angels, that these are from the heavens from above, and that they are angels of light that have come down from the heavens, and that they are visiting earth, and that they are to be treated as such, as far as the evangelical people and theological uh, minds that uh, talk about this. And I find that interesting because there is a source of their, um, there's, there's just a source there that lends credibility to what they're saying because they are just as enthused and enthusiastic as we are with our techno technological brains concerning what we have seen and what we have around us. No, I agree. I agree with you a thousand percent, but that was the first time that I've heard that, uh, you know, that, that thought process of what these lights were. I think that's pretty interesting, you know, that that's a, that's a possibility, you know. Right. You know, and as investigators and as people like you and I that, that go on investigations, we have to, um, I'm not going to say we have to accept what they're saying as far as being the totality of truth, but we have to throw that into the, into the mess. You know what I mean, Eddie? Yes. To where we can sit there and make a determination and make a, well, actually an educated guess as to what is really transpiring in our world right now. And I know right now, uh, I live in Kansas, over by Wichita, Kansas. Colorado's not too far away. NORAD is right next door to us. And there are um, situations at NORAD that they will not talk about, they will not discuss, and they will not make public. But there are people from that facility and around that facility that say that that facility is one of the highest watched facilities by ufos do you think that the military is easing up a little bit on their uh secrecy of these ufos basically with what's been told uh lately and here this year the pentagon came forward after the release of that tic tac video that we were discussing with the f-18 super hornets and they were saying that they had parts of a craft that were not of this world. So basically That's admitting, true. basically admitting, and this is the Pentagon, that these extraterrestrial crafts exist. That's true. There is a transparency now from the military and actually from the news world and the media that is letting us know. And you know what, Eddie? It really got to me because I remember when they sat there and made this public knowledge through the media. Hey, we have films. We have F-18 uh, uh, fighter pilots. We have this and that story and everything else like that. And they talked about it on the news. And you know what, Eddie? There was hardly an eyelid f flashed at all. No, you're right. I and, mean, <laughs> and that's the weird thing, Rick. I mean, this is like some of the biggest news you could you could ever hope for and people are like yeah whatever yeah okay yeah and i'm we thinking of myself in the thralls yeah one who know this information for how long i know at least 30 40 years for me you know i'm thinking to myself you know this is what we've been waiting for all this time you know for the government to come out and say we have extraterrestrial craft and they have 
and people are yes. walking around like ostriches with Do their head well. in the sand. They don't like they don't give a shit. You know, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna keep reading real quick here, um, and then we're gonna continue onward because everybody Rick's got a really cool topic that uh, we uh, learned about, and we're gonna be talking oh about it as well. Um, it may be easy to scoff at some of the eyewitness accounts on the National UFO Reporting Center. But the idea of intergalactic travel got a boost when information emerged from the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or uh, uh, ATIB, a 22 million multi-year program that's been in, uh, been in 2007 to investigate unidentified aerial phenomena, according to reports by the New York Times and Politico. Um. Now former Nevada Democratic Senator Harry Reid uh, slapped in an earmark for the program into the Pentagon budget. Nevada, of course, is the home of a U.S. Air Force facility known as Area 51. The source of multiple alien conspiracy theories, including claims of interstellar visitors, are held there. That the 1947 Roswell crash wasn't a weather balloon at all, but a Soviet aircraft piloted by uh, mutated midgets. Boy, yeah, Whoa. that's. I'm sure Russia was happy to hear that mutated one. Mutated midgets. Yeah, mutated hmm. midgets. Yeah, <laughs> mutated Russian midgets. Comrade, yeah. I understand. Comrade. <laughs> I am three feet tall. Privet. Gatela. Yeah. And that in 1969, moon landing was filmed by the U.S. government in one of the Area 51 hangars. So here's another, this is another conspiracy thing. Do you think the moon landing was real or do you think it was all just a false flag? I am, I am still on the fence with that one, Eddie. I, I mean, am too. there is a lot of conspiracy theories that's going on throughout this whole program called NASA. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, from the from the moon landing to the actual training and everything else that these quote pilots go through, and the actual filming and the actual documentation of these flights and everything else like that. I'm not saying they're false. No. But there's a lot of things that you have to take for uh, take into consideration when you look at that informati- information that they, they reveal to the public for the first time on the moon landings and uh, subsequent flights. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you sit there and look at that information, Eddie, you have things that are being filmed from the Challenger, from the space station, and things like right. that about UFOs that they have seen and filmed. But here's the thing also, Rick. On some of that footage from the moon landing that you look at, there are these sphere, craft-like spheres that can be seen on the horizon in the air like they were being watched. And if you remember, they were ham operators when the astronauts switched over to a different channel that heard Mm -hmm. them talking about they were being watched by something else on the moon. There was some other life form there. Exactly. And I remember that quite uh, quite vividly, too, because it really caught the attention of the public. And they were wanting to know, you know, what the hell happened? 
to the pictures, what happened to the, you know, tra- the conversation that was going on. Right. And to this day, there's not been an answer, Eddie, not even to this day. But you know what? I, I want to believe that they're not answering that. That way, everybody kind of stays on the fence with this uh, fake moon landing and the fact that, you know, there were just uh, these radio operators, ham radio operators that picked up a, a stray signal that wasn't them so they don't feel like they have to answer but maybe they're keeping everybody on the fence for a reason so that we don't know the real reason why we never went back to the moon if indeed that's where we went do you think eddie at that time in 1960 uh what was that 66 67 68 something something like like that that. Mm -hmm. do you think that the public john doe would have been able to handle that situation had they come across CBS, ABC, and the three main stations of the media at that time and told the American people, we are not alone. You know, that all depends on how the media would project an alien uh, visitation. I'm not going to say an invasion. I'm going to say a visitation. Um, We already know what happened with uh, War of the Worlds. You know, mm-hmm. when uh, that was broadcast Orson, over the radio with Orson, Orson Welles. Wells. Correct. And that didn't turn out too well for everybody. No. You know, no, there we were had people, people that were buildings. killed. You know, I mean, in a panic, they were running around like crazy. You had, you know, and it was a radio show just like you and I, but we were talking about, oh my God, we've got aliens on this street. Now they're coming <laughs> and they're attacking you. Now they're eating the your inside. is being used. You know, and so... <clears throat> you've got all this stuff happening. People were in a panic. They were freaked out. But you know what? That had everybody looking toward the sky after that because they were like, well, what if? What exactly. if this is real? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the pen- out of all the reports, out of all the reports, Eddie, that you have read about and I have seen and everything, there is 80 to 90% of those, maybe 85%, something like that, that can be documented and actually an explanation of what it might be but then there's that 15 percent ratio that they have no clue what they're looking at they have no clue what it is uh and i would be remiss not to uh remind everybody that in the 1960s and 70s we saw an evolution of technology I mean, we come across with computers, we come across uh, with transistors, we come across with, you name it. And within 50 years, Eddie, we become the most technological giant in the world. Now, where the hell did that technology come from? They said it was from Roswell, that they have reverse engineering. Right. And that there's other people that that, uh, actually are talking about how they have proof of the reverse engineering going on in Area 51. Well, let's look at what Darren Wedlock says here. He goes, absolutely. Look at the Phoenix Lights. You know, that was viewed by an entire city. Exactly. And the military did come back on that and say, oh, well, that was flares. Right. You know. Right. Well, you know, there's a big difference between flares uh, and what was actually being seen. And Darren says uh, the, the moon landing was in 1969. Thank you, Darren. Um, Correct. Thank you. You know, it, it's a, uh, it's it's crazy to think about all the proof that's out there, all the the sightings, all the evidence 
that's been captured and been seen and been videotaped. But because things are so easily manipulated, they've all been knocked down as a hoax. So, I mean, yeah, you can understand that. Well, that Pentagon program was defunded in 2012. But in a report released in late 2017, the investigators uh, detailed an an account by retired Navy uh, uh, commander David Flavor, who was conducting, I've got to put glasses on, a training mission off the coast of California in 2004 when he saw an oblong uh, craft erotically flying uh, through his airspace at an incredible speed, maneuvering in a way that defies uh, accepted principles of aerodynamics. Uh, Fravor described the wingless object about 40 feet long and shaped like a tic-tac. Here's the tic-tac video. Uh, where you had the uh, F-18 Super Hornets in pursuit. I can tell you, I think it was not from this world, Fravor told ABC News in 2017. I'm not crazy, haven't been drinking. It was after 18 years of flying. I've seen pretty much just about everything that I can see in that realm. And this was nothing close. Fravor's account is convincing when he saw the object from the air. Controllers on one of the Navy's ships on the water below reported that objects were being dropped about 80,000 feet from the sky, then headed straight back up in only a matter of seconds. He could see the disturbances on the water below and breaking waves on the surface, like something under the surface, he told ABC. Mm -hmm. The radar jammed as Fravers flew closer. Uh, The craft rapidly accelerated and zoomed upward and disappeared. Once the object was gone, the ocean below was still as a sheet of blue with no evidence of disturbance. Uh, Infrared scanning also showed no evidence of an exhaust trail, he said. I don't know what it is, he said. I don't know what I saw. I just know it was really impressive, really fast, and I would like to fly it. Amen, brother. That's our that's our pilots, bro. You know. Wow. Heck yeah. You know what's in what's interesting, Andy, is that we have Darren Wedlock. He's from New Zealand. We have Sonia Barber. She's from Canada. And we have all the people around our listening audience and everything that have eyes on the skies and I have taken walks out in the park and I mean along the beach and everything else like that. And I'm sure. I am sure that there's got to be somebody that's listening right now that has had an experience as far as UFO phenomenon. And also, Eddie, just as interesting are the underwater crafts that they're, see- that they're seeing now. Yep. And that, the, that they're tracking them on radar and they're moving so fast that it's unbelievable. Yeah. USO's, these- USO's mm-hmm. traveling at over 200 miles an hour underwater underwater yeah i mean we have nothing that comes close no even our most sophisticated nuclear submarines you know there's no way you're talking they they can't hold the light maybe 60 knots underwater and that's right that's cooking you know but nothing you know in the 200 mile an hour range ever you know so i mean what is it and how do they actually do it uh, uh, obviously, there's no friction. 
you know, they're not really pushing through the water, you wouldn't think, not at those speeds. Well, let's look at, let's look at the technology that has been uh, given to us within the last 50, 60 years, Eddie, especially when we come across with the um, um, type of cables and, and technology concerning the, um, um, just like what you, what you and Gordon have been working on, mm-hmm. you know, everything that goes on in the cable, you know, and it, it's amazing. It is amazing the amount of technology that can go through. And, and as you and I speak, we are surrounded by radio waves. We are surrounded by frequencies. We are surrounded by every, everybody within, within the sound of my voice is surrounded by these frequencies and radio waves and different things like that, that if we were actually able to see them, it'd scare the hell out of you. Yeah, Absolutely. We're bombarded by them constantly. It's a mad. It's a wonder that we're not all fried, you know. Mm-hmm. Considering because I mean, let's look at microwaves. When you cook your food, what is that? Sound waves. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And that's able to you know cook your food nice and hot. Can you imagine? You know what are we yeah. being exposed to, and are we adapting? Are we developing in order to protect our own selves? against all these emitted frequencies around us i mean there's a lot there's a lot happening a lot going on and you always know you always know when there's something that we're not used to like this 5g oh yeah yeah this 5g stuff's bad 1977 i was with a, a company called swagger tower corporation out of fremont indiana we went from oregon to washington to california to arizona texas new mexico utah colorado minnesota all over the place and you know what my job was i helped build microwave communication towers oh great you had it made and at that time oh man i mean that was the the that was the epitome of technology back then did you take and, a tv dinner up with you to heat it oh hey i tell you what I, I built the towers, but I wasn't there. I was only there a few times when they set the antennas and everything else like that, and, and the and the dishes and everything. And it it was just it was unreal. But like you said, right now we're looking at a whole different technology, the five G, you know. And people are being there's workers on that on those five G towers that are talking about being burnt. Yeah, that are talking about their eyes being singed, that are talking about this is nothing to play with. Yeah, there's some of them that come out and said that they know they're going to catch cancer later just because of the amount of of that signal to what that signal's doing to them. Right. I'm sitting here right now, and two and a half miles from where I am, there is a tower that's probably, I'm going to say, 400 foot in the air, 450 maybe. Wow. And it is laced with nothing but 5G equipment and everything else that that abounds on that tower and i mean it is the central location of of what is 4g and 5g around here now cox cable and everybody else that hooks into those things i mean it's unbelievable what they're doing yeah that's crazy so to think that our technology has come so far but we learned so little about what actually is going on in this world and in this universe as far as what what is ufo technology what is that type of technology and or is it really technological as far as anything that we know about or is it something totally different than what we do not understand well i honestly think that we have all been using 
alien technology for quite a long time in more ways than one. And uh, real quick, we're going to go over here. Uh, Darren says, well, faster than light travel is theorized uh, to be achievable with antimatter. If this is true, then they say that anything coming into contact with the antimatter field is destroyed at an atomic level. Therefore, these ships can fly through anything. Let's see. Like a hot knife through butter. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it, it ended there, and I was trying to read it over here on this other one. So, yeah. So, and then we got uh, Barbie jumped in. She said hello. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, uh, Darren, as far as the uh, way that this thing is traveling, you know, and how it's theorized to go faster than the speed of light. And we're going to be discussing something similar when we come back from break because Rick's got his hands on some information that's going to blow you away. So you're not going to want to miss mm-hmm. this. Uh, it was actually sent to us by uh, Miguel Cantu, the uh, director and filmer and editor and everything of uh, Paranormal Analytical. And uh, he sent us this information. And Rick looked into it. And is it an oh, my God, Rick? Oh, my God. Yes, so, yeah, it is. You're, you're it, not... is it is unbelievable. You want to stick around and hear this. You really do. Yeah, so you're – don't go away. We're going to – play a little graveyard tune for you and uh (laughs) we're gonna kick back and get ready because when we come back rick's gonna start in with this information so don't go away
And uh, we are back from break, everybody. I hope you all enjoyed the little graveyard tune. That was kind of cool, wasn't it? Yeah, I kind of like that. Really had a kind of a, a, a one of those syncopated rhythms. It did. I, I'd like to see you playing that on your guitar one night when we're out here, Rick. I'd have to. I'd have to. Yeah, I got. I got baby dolls sitting back there in the corner. One of these days, I'll have to pick that thing up for you guys. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely, 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 definitely. So, Rick, you got a special uh, surprise. Some information. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, Eddie, what do you think it'd be like to have your DNA strand and my DNA strand and everybody on this program linked to a computer? That's almost kinky, Rick. It is. It (laughs) is. But I mean, this is exactly what we are talking about right now is it's called D-Wave. It is called a digital to biological mind teleporting device. All right. This is active right now. Well, this is active right now. Re- repeat that again. Digital to biological a mind teleportion device. Wow, that's a mouthful. Now to break- yeah. Now to break that down, what that means is that they have started this program, this D wave, and you can look it up uh, for anybody that's interested in wanting to learn about this thing. It is called D wave. And it started in 1999 as a, actually a program logistically uh, for a lot of different scientific communities. It was incorporated by Lockheed Martin. It was incorporated by NASA. It is incorporated by the Alamos National Laboratory and the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. And and that's just to mention just a few of what size companies that this is a multi-billion dollar apparition, okay, that, that is coming forward right now. And I say apparition because it's almost like that because, like I said, they take... It's a, it's a leap in quantum physics is what they're saying, okay? It's a leap in quantum technology in that they are taking DNA strands from human beings and from different other um, technologies and linking these to a new type of computer. And these computers have the ability, the ability right now, if you are linked to one of these computers and they have your DNA strand, they can sit there and program, basically program you as. Do you remember what the Manchurian candidate was like? What that meant, Eddie, way back when? Oh, God, that's a long time ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the Manchurian candidate was was a basically almost like a robot that at the sound of a different music or a sound of someone's voice or a um, voluntary um, note was hit on a guitar or a piano or anything, it would start these people on a mission that they were programmed to do, and they would not cease until it was done. Uh, a lot of people think that a Manchurian candidate was the, uh, the one Sirhan Sirhan on Robert Kennedy. Kind of government uh, of mind control. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, this is what this D-Wave is all about now. It is mind control. It is about taking your DNA and my DNA and putting it into this quantum uh, device computer. And it's um, basically, 
it, it, it will allow you to teleport into the dimensions as we speak in the essence of saying it's almost like it is astral travel. It will take you to dimensions that you've never seen, that you never thought you could see. Um, it is called, basically, the newest one coming out was in 2013 called the 512. It has the capacity. This computer alone has the capacity of 7 billion brains from around the world. Wow. 7 billion brains. Now, now because, because of what we're talking about, Rick, I, I have to ask. Do you think this is some sort of uh, alien technology, or do you think this is something that us as humans thought up and created? I believe it's a little both. I really do. Because there, I mean, I'm not going to say that we are technologically um, deterred from being able to, to come up with this. But something is going on right now because even the evangelicals and the people like that that are learning about this new D-Wave computer are afraid it is, it is going to become the mark of the beast because within a few years, and they really didn't say anything about how many, but everyone's going to be att attached to this computer. Everyone's going to have what they call the mark of the beast. At least that's what they're, they're, they're looking at or planning on theoretically right now theoretically now this uh computer has the ability to take you into different dimensions all at once correct right right and it's it's like they call it an avatar i remember the movie when it first came out the avatar okay? right it's it's like that i mean it's it's like being it's an organic computer is what they're calling it okay one of the people that was on the program and, and with the program, Brian Coffrin, he's a whistleblower on this type of thing. And he said that he got out of it because it was just getting to be so horrendous to him. And the essence of the human mind and the human body and the humanity itself was losing because we are going to be going to what they call AI, artificial right. intelligence. And let me tell you and something else real something, quick, Rick. Go ahead. This right here okay. seems to me like it's got the ability to actually, you know, have consciousness at some point. It will. It does. It does. Because it can take your DNA strain and everything that is within your body and mind and, and spirit, basically, it knows you inside and out. It can mm. program you. It can educate you. It can do whatever it wants to a human body, so to speak. And and that's scary. That is scary. Because, you know, I like my individuality, you know? I like to be able to sit there and meet people from all over the place and we interact and we have a humanity that is sitting there making us what we are today. But if you take one of these machines and introduce it as, as far as being AI, artificial intelligence and it's not even really artificial because they're using your dna and this is far beyond anything that that we can think about it's, it's a biological information genetic code is what they call it you know this this reminds me back of uh you know uh, uh terminator you know where these things uh these these kind of half biological, half robot type creatures. Cyborgs. Cyborgs. 
show mm-hmm. up. But this seems like it's going to have an ability to go beyond that at some point, and it's going to become conscious. Remember in Terminator, that computer became conscious at, at a certain time and date. Mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of the stuff that they're building. We're looking at the application of this going militaristic too, because right now we're looking look at the look at the drones and look at the technology that we have. We have the ability now to to use unmanned flights, right, and everything else like that in the military right now. This is having application worldwide, but they don't want this application getting into the third worlds or anything else like that for fear of what it could do. If it, if it actually got exposed in, into the wrong hands. And this wow. is something that is being um, taught right now in the schools. This is something that they say is upcoming and that we will have this technology. And they already have it. I mean, it's not a question of if we will, but we do have this technology now. It's called D-Wave Digital to Biological Mind Teleportion Device. Wow, and I and I remember just the other day I was using Windows three point one. <laughs> you know, this is crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, it, it goes and, way into the quantum yeah, but physics think about and everything this for a else. Moment, right? um, I mean, huh? if back in the day I was using Windows three point one, you could literally have something go to print, walk out, have a cigarette, whatever you want to do, come back, and it's still thinking about printing a few mm-hmm. pages can and, and just between then and now look at the amount of technology that has increased okay think we of what our kids techniques. yeah think of what our kids or grandkids are going to see by the time they're oh my our gosh. age yeah we have we have spy techniques now that are using nano processors as spy techniques against everything that you can imagine they're building bugs that that are the size of a pinhead they they have the technology the listening i remember the first time i ever saw this movie is called enemy of the state yes you remember that movie yes 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 and i thought then oh my god we have that technology now and to think that we have gone beyond that technology we have gone far past that technology to where now we're talking about quantum physics and being able to sit there and teleportate anything and everybody that we want. It's well, called a sentient world stimulation. Well, you've heard the old <laughs> saying, I'd like to be a fly on a wall. Oh, yeah. Now, now you they can. have that right now. Yeah, now you yeah, can. They, you can be a fly on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and like I said, the evangelicals, as far as the, um, the religious community that is finding out about this stuff and everything, it, it is quite frightening to them because basically they, they are saying this is going to be the mark of the beast as far as, um, as how they see it and how they view it and everything. And if it does take over control of the world, it's going to do it with an Internet f- capability that we have right now. Because right now we are connected worldwide, worldwide with the internet. 
And if this technology takes hold, like it's taking hold of what they have right now, I would, I would like for everybody to sit there and look this up. It's called D wave technology, D wave computer. And this is not the first time that they've used it. It, it, There's different models that have been coming out. Wow. And right now, the one that, that is the most powerful right now is called F called five twelve, And it has a, like I said, that it has the capability of using and having 7 billion brains. That's now, incredible. I don't mean just our, our brains alone, Eddie. I'm talking about just the cellular structure of our brain, our DNA. Okay? And that in itself is a leap and bound in quantum physics that I never thought would ever exist. Sonia says there will be technology to breathe underwater without scuba gear they have that now and uh i've actually uh, a lot of the seal teams use it and it's used uh mainly in extreme deep water dives where you don't want to be breathing a mixture of different types of uh uh oxygen you know which you know your oxygen and carbon monoxide and a whole bunch of different other gases that they use and they mm-hmm. do this big mix so that you don't get the bends uh now there's literally like a liquid because our bodies, uh, when we're in the womb, you know, we, we're in all that exactly. liquid. So, I mean, yes, it's a little bit freaky, I'm sure, but I mean, our bodies will remember. And these guys, you know, their helmets fill up with this liquid and they breathe this liquid. Our bodies pull oxygen from it. It's almost like embryonic fluid. So, uh, exactly. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. some crazy stuff. And I think there was a movie one time on that uh, or similar to it. Um, it was called The Abyss. If you haven't seen right. it, you need to mm-hmm. check it out. It's pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, I'm sitting here. I I was on the computer earlier when I got that got your message, and I, I jumped on the computer, and this technology is all over the computer. And I would just ask, and um, I would say, hey, Go check it out yourself and see what we're looking at in the near future as far as what we're being able to do with quantum physics and, and mind-altering, you know, uh, computers that is going to be taking over our life. What other type of, uh, of deals can you do with this uh, with this computer? Oh, it's done with the, it's, it. It has every application that you can think of right now. Let me go back here and, and tell you. Um, they have... It is <laughs> wow, Lockheed Martin. You know what Lockheed oh, Martin yeah. can do? Mm, skunk Works. Okay, yeah, Skunk Works. Google, NASA, NASA has application to these D wave computers. Cybersecurity. Um, let's see, whatever USRA is, Alamos National Laboratory, and these are but a few of what the D-Wave has been granted over 160 U.S. patents and has been published, over 100 per-reviewed papers leading to in scientific journals right now. It is not only the wave of the future, it is the wave of the future. Wow. So basically everything that we're on right now is Neanderthal-type technology compared to what this, this it is. is. It is. Yeah. When you're talking about changing the DNA process and being able to collect DNA samples. And if you look at what they're able to do now, Eddie, with with facial recognition and we go outside, you walk outside, you know about technology as far as security. Our our phones have facial recognition. 
Exactly. You know, exactly. So we're holding you're holding in your hand and I'm holding in my hand right here, a computer in itself. We can sit there. There's more knowledge on this. What I'm holding and you are holding right there than we ever thought possible. And being able to communicate that with just the push of a button. Yeah. Well, just think that cell phone you have in your hand has more computing power than than the first uh, Apollo uh, space mission. Exactly. You know, you're right. And uh, Darren right. says, uh, if we can communicate using the subatomic level uh, quarks, that means we could talk to someone on the other side of the galaxy in real time. Could you imagine? No lag. Oh, yeah. I think I think our, our, our buddy Einstein, in his theoretical approach to wormholes, and, and his other buddy Tesla, they both were on to something as far as the wormhole um, theory of communication and transportation and travel. Could you imagine being able to speak to Tesla or Einstein in, in reference to a lot of the stuff that we discuss on the show and their thoughts? You know, wow, that would be, that would be so amazing. I mean, right now, on my investigations, I mean, if I see an apparition, I want the, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at, at it going, hey, set your translucent ass down because I have some questions. Yeah, you know? no kidding. And, and not only that, <laughs> but think about this for a minute. I mean, uh, Thomas Edison was the first one to collect EVPs. And yeah. he yeah. taught, and after he started collecting these EVPs or electronic voice phenomena, his whole deal was that at some point in time, we are going to build a telephone to the other side to be able to speak to mm-hmm. the people that have passed. And that was his theory because of, I mean, and you've got to think of the technology he was using way back when, when these EVPs were collected and the tests that he performed in order to, uh, try and verify the fact that these were voices coming from the spirit world. I mean, exactly. that was some incredible stuff back then. It is. And the whole, um, the whole communities back then, Eddie were, were transfixed on what was called the seances and the spirit boxes. They had spirit, um, communication through, um, people gathering around and actually trying to talk to the spirits and everything. And um, that hasn't changed. That has not changed because you know just as well as I, when we go on an investigation, we're asking, we're wanting communications with those spirits, and it's no different than what those people did way back then. Absolutely. But yet, and- our, tech, but, but yet our technology hasn't changed that much in, in our, well, I mean, it has. It's sleep by, it's been, oh my gosh. Remember when we held, had the old cassette players out there oh, trying yeah. to catch EVPs? Absolutely. <laughs> and the old boom boxes with the cassette players on them. Yes. And we, yes. we'd record yes. for 30 yes. minutes and flip the tape, put it on the other side, record for 30 yep. minutes. And then we'd always talk about which tape we're using, whether it's the nickel hydrite chrome or whatever that was. I don't remember the exactly. exact terms and all that kind of yeah. stuff. It was pretty cool. Um, we've got about five minutes left, Rick. I want you to talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing tomorrow. Oh, good Lord, Eddie. I had a phone call today and this lady 
I will not mention the name or anything else like that. She said, I'd done, an, I'd done a presentation over at Wellington, Kansas at the Regent Theater on the, on the paranormal. And she called me and said, I need to talk with you because there's things happening in my house. And I said, well, let's go ahead and talk and give me some information on what, what it could be. And um, she uh, is hearing voices. She has been thrown down the stairs. She has been drug out of bed by one leg uh, to the point to where she almost fell out. And as I was listening to her story and everything, and I mean, I, I'm not going to detail anything in the background because her upbringing was, I'll just say it wasn't the nicest, okay? Okay. And that set that set the that set the grounds for for a, a lot of abuse and things like that in her family. And um she was subject to that abuse until about 14. And that's when she left. And when she came back, her mother had um made dolls for all of the grandkids, and she got a hold of some of those dolls and and her um daughter right now hasn't been able to come by and pick up any of these dolls that her uh, grandmother made. But out of these voices and everything that she's hearing and everything, she called a priest and a nun in to do a cleansing, and they did. Um, they said, do you have anything that, and she was telling them her story, and they asked her if there was anything that was there on the property that was from her mother, and she said, yes, I've got a doll and box that, that she made. And as she opened that box, the priest and the nun said they felt an evil come out of that box that they had never felt before, and they refused to come back to her house. Wow. So tomorrow, we're going to be going over there, and we're going to be sitting down, and I'm going to be doing an interview, and I'm going to do a walkthrough in the house and see exactly what is transpiring over there, Eddie. Well, we're going to be looking forward to whatever it is you have to say about that when you come back. And on our next show, okay. uh, I think I think our next show, we should uh, talk a little bit about that and uh, kind of make that more of our priority, especially if you pick up some uh, really good evidence. I'm going to do some taping tomorrow and some video, and um, I'll just don't, I'll just leave it at that. OK, well, we're looking forward to it and uh, I appreciate you sharing that. that that's uh, that's going to be an awesome investigation. And I'm going to be personally looking forward to hearing what it, whatever it is that you find there. You know, that, that's cool. going to be a cool. great investigation. Yep. And uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I really am. We are going to be also looking uh, at possibly investigating. Uh, uh, it's, it's a Masonic Lodge that was built in the 1800s. And uh, it this place got seems like it's going to have a lot of activity from the stories that I was being told. So uh, we're looking at uh, that coming up pretty soon as well, and uh, they're wanting uh, they're they're wanting me to go live on that investigation on the, uh, Scott Hammonds. <laughs> I I'm going to have to say this is uh, this falls under what is called um, client confidentiality. Yeah, and in, in, in this in these kind of situations, and I'm going to have to just play it by ear. And see what she's willing to uh, talk about, and if if I can get her on tape and on video, I will. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, that's going to be it for the show. We have spent our one hour. I hope everybody enjoyed awesome. it. Rick, uh, closing words. 
keep living it people keep living it because this spirit world has not gone away as technical as we think we are and as technical as we have become there is still the spirit world absolutely and uh we we are going to keep investigating it and thinking outside the box because unless we think outside the box and i want all of you as well uh to think outside the box whenever you're on an investigation because we need to look for new and improved methods in order to gather and capture these evps to be able to pick up uh, these entities on uh some sort of video there there's a lot of different things we can be doing we need, need to look at a lot of the different possibilities involved with uh, these investigations that we go on and try our best in order to uh, try and capture these things. I mean, uh, remember, most of them are people just like you and me that have crossed mm -hmm. over. So, you know, please show them respect as well and uh, see what you can do to uh, make contact where it's indisputable. That's what we're looking for, indisputable evidence exactly that uh there is another side and that you know our spirits our souls do go on so until next uh saturday everybody uh we appreciate you being here with with us we love you guys thank you so much please share the video on your page uh also share the podcast on your pages and uh, share them out as far as you can let's get a bigger audience in here and uh let's get some more conversation going but we appreciate you all being over here with us uh myself and rick you know, love you guys every time you show up. And uh, James Toops is out and about. He's prowling around with his wife. So uh, <laughs> he'll be back next Saturday, I'm sure. He can't stay away long. You know that. So, no, not him. <laughs> anyway, everybody, take care. Love you. And uh, be safe. And remember, you know, things will get better. You know, just uh, keep, uh, keep your hopes up and keep prayers going. And uh, let's uh, make things happen. Take care. Good night, people.